Uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week in Review podcast on Friday, June the 1st. On this week's episode, we're going to discuss the court decision that led Arkansas to be the first state in the country where women can't get medication abortions, Max's annual trip to Boys State, and a federal court hearing that could determine whether Arkansas can legally resegregate public schools. I'm joined, of course, by Max Brantley. Oh. So, the big news of the week, by far, the U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear Planned Parenthood's appeal of an 8th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals decision as a consequence. You can't get medication abortions in Arkansas for the time, at least. Yeah, well, there are a couple of things about this decision. One, it's not a final decision, although it has an immediate impact that is very real and very damaging. Uh, what had happened was is there was this case over Arkansas's law that says abortion clinics even those that only do medicine abortions, that is a two-pill regimen done in the first 10 weeks of pregnancy, have to have an arrangement with a doctor with hospital admitting privileges in case of complications. There are almost never complications with this. Uh, Women complete the process at home when things happen. They're not at a clinic anyway. Well, there was a case in Texas on a virtually identical law that the U.S. Supreme Court said this was an unconstitutional bar to abortions for women and struck that law down. Uh, In Arkansas, Christine Baker, the federal judge here, made a similar ruling and restrained the state from enforcing the law. But the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is extremely conservative, said, well, you didn't put on enough proof, the plaintiffs didn't, about the number of women that would be affected by this policy if if the the two clinics in Little Rock and Fayetteville that at three actually count one other abortion provider the do medicine abortions were put out of business providing the pills <laughs> so uh the eighth circuit uh overturned her restraining order except it could stay in effect till the plaintiffs tried to go to the US supreme court well the supreme court declined to take what they call certiorari on this particular case this is only the request for an immediate overturning of the arkansas law based on the texas precedent for reasons that aren't entirely clear, but they're not exactly encouraging either. The court, without comment and without any dissenting votes, didn't take the case up. Now, we can be pretty sure there are at least four judges on the Supreme Court that would overturn the Arkansas law. That's not enough to overturn it, of course. You need five. And that could have been expected to dissent, but for whatever reason, because this is an intermediate case, they decided not to get into it, which is a long lead up to where we are today, which is without the Supreme Court taking the case, the law takes effect. There is still going to be a hearing in uh, federal district court in Little Rock. Planned Parenthood has already asked the judge for a new restraining order because of the impact on women. It's updated its filings to estimate there'll be 200 to 300 women that will be denied the right to have an abortion because of this ruling and others will be unduly burdened because they'll no longer be a safe and effective and cheaper and easy thing to get in Arkansas to to have an abortion, which remains a legal right in the United States. But in the meanwhile, Arkansas, according to all reports, is the only state among the 50 in the United States in which women cannot obtain the two-pill regimen to uh, terminate a pregnancy early in pregnancy. So, in, in terms of this getting resolved and and the case proceeding the Supreme Court is finished with its term this year right but I I don't know what's going to happen I think there's a chance given the 140 page I think it was ruling by which Christine Baker decided this case in the first case that she will continue to be 
convinced that the plaintiffs have made a showing that this is an unconstitutional burden on women, and she may reinstitute her restraining order. Then it'll go back again to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals if that happens. I presumably then the judges will have a new set of facts to consider. Will they or will they not uh, allow the law to take effect? We'll know when that comes, and then if that happens again, then the whole process starts over again. At some point, this case is going to reach a posture where the U.S. Supreme Court is going to have to decide it. The conflict between the circuits, it would seem, that now exists between Texas and, and Arkansas. But in the meanwhile, it, depending on how things break, the current status quo could continue, which is only one surviving abortion clinic in Arkansas that provides only more expensive and, and, and more and somewhat more complicated uh, surgical abortions. I know it's difficult, basically impossible to predict. I was just trying to get a sense of what the, the timeline might be if it does return to the Supreme Court. Would it be oh, a it'd year? Be a, a, a yes, at least a year before there'd be a final decision. And, and again, the important point for us would be as what was the posture in the interim status. If there is an appeal to the Supreme Court, perhaps again, though the Eighth Circuit would allow their ruling to be held in abeyance and and the, and the restraining order might be in place until it's finally decided. It's, it's, it's hard to say for sure. However, several commentators have written Linda Greenhouse, New York Times, notably that the, the real problem about this Arkansas decision, apart from the immediate impact on some 500 women a year in Arkansas, is the signal it sends, that it's, becomes very, it's becoming harder to overturn all of the different ways in which anti-abortion forces have found to, to throw up roadblocks to abortion, not outright bans necessarily, but things that make it very difficult to attain them and de facto make abortion almost impossible to obtain. Mississippi's down to one abortion clinic. Now, a federal judge in Iowa today said that there's going to be an order issued by the end of the day today that stops one of these new laws that sets an extremely early ban on abortions 15 weeks I think which under past president is clearly unconstitutional but again I was in the 8th circuit who knows maybe the Iowa case will go to the 8th circuit and that same group of judges that didn't let them stop the Arkansas law will say oh well we see some way that this can be justified uh, the the tide is incrementally turning against abortion rights thanks particularly to the kinds of judges that Donald Trump's appointing to the federal bench and so right now the outlook is is not bright for abortion rights okay let's leave it there and move on you made your annual appearance at Arkansas Boys State this week yeah 26 years of Boys State and it's a conservative group and remains so this year the news was is that I did a little telephone poll of their thoughts on Donald Trump. Would they vote for Trump if the election were today or a different Republican or a Democrat? As I wrote, there were some problems in the tabulation, and, and these numbers may or may not be wholly representative, but I felt like just given the general tenor of the crowd, they probably are. About 56% of them, this is some 400 uh, rising high school senior men in Arkansas, uh, would have voted to reelect Donald Trump. And I observed in the speech, and I think it's true, you know, I don't think this is necessarily partisan politics. I don't think this was Democrat versus Republican speaking, although there was some of that. It's just style. I, I think it's indisputable that there is something in the male psyche, the white male psyche particularly, that just really likes a guy that tells the world, get stuffed. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. 
and 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 the the sad news about that is that stylistic preference is just to me philosophy aside just a terrible type of leadership for the the what once was considered the, the world leader of the free world I, I don't know it's it's like the strongman appeal yeah no it's 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 uh it's kind of discouraging really now you know on topical issues I, who knows I I I usually get a lot of pushback on my advocacy for drug decriminalization and uh you just stand up there and run I just, through. Yeah, I just kind of talk about some of the things what the arkansas times is known for and that's then I have a q a session and that's usually good for some some pretty uh pretty voluble uh back and forth uh and gay rights is another and that has often been a sore point in the past you know, medical marijuana is legal in Arkansas now. Gay marriage is now the law of the land. I don't necessarily think attitudes have wholly changed, uh, but that I think there's at least some acceptance of the reality that, that those things have occurred, although I did later understand that, that one one delegate may have gone home because he'd been assigned a room with a gay student and that that parents thought that was unchristian or something so i mean there's i mean clearly we we haven't solved our problems yet but but i also know that it's a much different world up there that there's a great deal more diversity and tolerance and that's a good thing but this is arkansas uh kids uh, reflect what they hear at home and see at home for the most part and we voted 60 percent for donald trump and i guess it looks like the odds are we we will continue to do so that does not lift me up but uh if given the opportunity there it is Okay. Legal proceedings are underway in federal court in El Dorado that could decide whether Arkansas may legally resegregate, legally assist resegregation of Arkansas public schools. Yeah, and that's my phrase, and somebody took exception to that, but I think it's it's really true. This is really simple. For for years, you couldn't transfer among school districts in Arkansas if the transfers would have an impact on racial balance in either the district you left or the district you went to. Uh, that law started changing in 2013, the, uh, the so-called school choice lobby, which primarily means the Walton Family Foundation through its lobbyists and its legislative friends and the people it's elected, have pushed school transfer law to the point now that it's just about law in Arkansas that, that you may transfer to whatever school district you want to attend if they have the room for you. Uh, and race may not be used as a criteria for deciding whether you can make the transfer or not. Well, there are a handful of school districts in the South Arkansas that all happen to be represented by Allen Roberts Law Firm in Camden that say they're still under operative federal court desegregation orders and that they don't want to participate in school transfer because it would have a demonstrated racial impact. And so they're and they're saying it's unconstitutional for the state to impose its judgment on their desegregation cases, which the State Board of Education just voted in March to do in the case of Hope, Lafayette County, uh, Camden Fairview, and also Junction City. Three of those districts uh, have gone to court, and they're in court in federal and asking that they not be made to comply with this this ruling and that the law be held unconstitutional. They said in the course of their legal pleadings that what the state of Arkansas wants is no more or less than a return to freedom of choice, which was the way devised around desegregation back in the 60s. I mean, people could go to school where they wanted to go, but in fact, the schools remained segregated. The numbers are pretty overwhelming in Hope, Camden, and Lafayette County. There's together, I think, something like 120 
transfer requests in those three school districts and 118 or 117 of them I think are white students wanting to leave majority black school districts to go to majority white school districts when they say it's not about race it's about race and so, uh, you know, I don't know, on the Walton Family Foundation's lobbyist, Gary Newton, who's paid $237,000 a year, mostly by Walton money, some also from the Murphy fortune and, and uh, the Dillard fortune, uh, is ranting and raving on Twitter about this and trying to encourage people to, to fight the local school board's decision not to participate in choice. There's one other school district in Pulaski County, Jacksonville, North Pulaski, that still is exempted from the transfer law because it has an explicit court ruling that that it must be exempt and it just is a burr in their saddle they just want people to be able to move unfortunately they conflate school grades with somehow school performance and what what we know now is this notion of rating schools based on student test scores is is mostly garbage I mean that it's mostly a reflection of the students Sometimes of the schools, but but not always. So often it is it is devilishly hard to get children of poor families who happen to be disproportionately minority achieving at the level of children from middle class and upper class families. And that's in, invariably what happens in these situations. It's terribly unfair to to deride an entire school district because of some low test scores, but. Uh, that's that's the state of things, and in fact, you know, they, they changed some education standards this week, the State Board of Education, make it easier for small school districts to avoid curriculum standards for one thing, don't have to teach journalism anymore, might not have to teach things like physics, perhaps, depending. And uh, also, they've kept in place a state law that is going to give the State Board of Education broad power to take over a school district based on low test scores or a school or a school district and turn it over to private operator. I, I'm afraid that the battle has been lost really and that we're looking down the road someday at which big swaths of Arkansas education will be in public dollars will be turned over to private operators to run what should be democratically controlled schools and I think Little Rock is at the top of the target list. Well so there was talk earlier this year last year about returning the district to local control in the fall is that well gone? they're going to have to make that decision and that may happen but I, I that doesn't override the ability of the state to continue to hold individual schools parts of districts or all districts in academic distress to start the process over again and 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 order the uh turning over of operation to private operators you could loop in new orleans Louisiana, I mean, they have an elected school board, but they've charterized the entire school district. So you could, you could have a school board that didn't have much control of anything either. So, I mean, at the moment, there's I, I want to say there's nothing specific on the table, but given what's happened, and given the rise of uh, Walton Finance charter schools in Little Rock and just the, the trend, it seems to me what's clearly intended here is a wreckage of the Little Rock school district. On that sunny note, let's move on to... Uh, Is there anything good? I don't, yeah, know. I don't know. Let's talk about endorsements. Do you have anything? Well, I, just a, a point of total personal privilege. I put something on the blog this morning. Go to ArkansasBlog.com. And, and the Arkansas Natural Heritage Commission put out a, uh, a tribute to a guy you've probably never heard of named Tom Foti, who is the 
Arkansas Ecologist Emeritus. He's been a state ecologist for oh, 40 years. He got to start at the Arkansas Ecology Center, which was a, a greeny lefty group that worked to stop the channelization of the Cache River and tried unsuccessfully to stop a dam on the Cossatot River. Well, he's just really this incredibly remarkable person. And uh, if you go there, you'll find among the things he did is he came up with this scheme to save a tall grass prairie in, in central Arkansas. He found a way to pick, they were gonna do an irrigation project and he found a machine that picked up all the sod and transferred it somewhere else. This kind of Rube Goldberg contraption he came up with, saved this prairie. But there, there are natural areas all over the state that, that are in existence now that you can go visit that are tailored for visits that exist because of his work. And five of them are in what he did a book on the natural divisions of Arkansas. And there are five big areas are the mountains. And everybody loves the Ozarks and the Washtaws. And he just kind of fixated on what's called the West Gulf Coastal Plain. It's kind of the Pine Barrens and lowlands of South Arkansas. It's a particular... Uh, hobby of his and there are now five natural areas there that he recommends visiting old Lawrence Creek is one of them that's that's pretty well known and it's all on there and I mean this is you know people talk about state bureaucrats and we don't know what they do this was a guy who for 40 years just uh, devoted his life to preserving natural areas in Arkansas and really has a remarkable record to show for it and that you can go visit it and enjoy it yourself and so my, my, I endorse Tom Fotai's work and the Natural Heritage Commission's natural area. It's a good good thing for you to visit. He happens to be a friend of mine, I should disclose, of many years. He and I met our wives on the same day out at Bearskin Lake at Scott in 1974. So future wow. wives, anyway. Good memory. Uh, I'm going to endorse the NBA Finals. Uh, game one was fun to watch, although there were some uh, Oh, wow. Night. Yeah. The, did you watch? No, but I saw. I, I watched the rehash. Yeah, the uh, end of the game. There were some streaks where everybody was missing that were kind of rough, and, and that that was the the case in the conference finals. But LeBron James, who's now I don't know how old, thirty three or so, I love LeBron James, is just single handedly willing his team to compete and almost almost beat the the Warriors, who rarely lose at home. Um, last night, and probably would have if if his teammate yeah, knew lost, the score. Lost track of the score. Yeah. Um, when he leaves this year or next year, at the and goes to another team, everybody, all the commentators should say, "Yeah, that's that's understandable." But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, when the Warriors are going, there's nothing like it. And then just watching LeBron still in his prime. He's played more minutes this year than ever before. More minutes in the playoffs. He's you know, averaging something ungodly in, in terms of his stats. He's also a good guy. Yeah, he seems, seems like a good. I mean, well, the NBA, the, the NBA also is worthy of support just because its politics are so right they're, on. They're and so good. The commission from the commissioner down to the coaches and the players. I mean, you, Steve, Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr thing got yeah. a lot of viral attention. Greg Popovich is, you know, in, incredibly yeah. with it and and smart and. Uh, is not afraid to wade into the current issues and takes his team on all kinds of you know field trips and makes sure they're socially engaged. Apart uh, from politics, have you seen that film of Stephen Curry hitting that shot from the aisle Steph, in an arena? Stefan. Stefan, yeah. Uh, no. He does it's, lots of tricks to shots. He's just coming out of a tunnel like, I mean, 50 yards off the court and heaving it up there just swished I mean it's just it wasn't I mean it wasn't in a game it was just showing off but yeah no. it's it's amazing he's amazing 
All right, we'll leave it there. Subscribe via iTunes, give us a rating and review, and check out our other podcast. We've got Rock the Culture with Antoine Phillips, talks about uh, black life and culture in Little Rock. We've got No Small Talk with Omaya Jones and our own Stephanie Smittle about entertainment and the conversation with Matt Price. It's an interview show where he uh, talks to all kinds of interesting business and political leaders in central Arkansas. You can find more on our website. Uh, there's a podcast link at the top of our, our main menu bar where you can read more about those and subscribe to them. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. See ya. The podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast.